This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. All right, guys, I'm going to answer 10 infinite banking questions in less than 10 minutes. The clock starts now. And the first question that is asked is, what is infinite banking? Infinite banking is essentially using an overfunded whole life insurance policy to save money in. Your money will grow the rest of your life. Instead of going to a bank or paying cash for things, you're borrowing against your policy to buy things, hopefully assets and not liabilities, but whatever assets or liabilities, your money will continue to grow in your infinite banking policy and you'll get other benefits because you have permanent life insurance that has more than just the ability to grow your money. So that's infinite banking. Is infinite banking a scam? No, but it is sold, it's overhyped. If the policy is not designed properly, it can be a horrible thing. And I would say majority of people that are pitching life insurance, beware. And if anyone's pitching you life insurance as a like the best thing since sliced bread or that it's an investment, run because life insurance will never be outperform good investments and it's just not how it's intended to be. And so that's that's what I would say. It's not a scam, but a lot of people sell it in a scammy, salesy way. And if it's not designed properly, it's not going to serve you well. Question number three, is infinite banking only for the rich people? There's people that disagree with what I'm about to say. I think unless you can put an initial $10,000 into an overfunded life insurance policy or infinite banking, you should not do it. There are people that say, hey, you can put $100 a month and all that stuff. And that it's true. There's certain fixed expenses that are the same for the $100 a month versus the a lot more. And so I've just found in the people that I've interacted with, it's like a lot of times if you don't have an initial 10000 at least to put in, it just doesn't end up performing the way that you know a lot of people have expectations because they're like, oh, I can use all my own bank and stuff. And it just takes a while. And the best thing that you can do is instead of focusing on infinite banking is make more money and get more money that you can save. Once you can save in at least $10,000 initially, preferably ongoing, then infinite banking is a great place to store your capital and use it. It's again, not an investment and there's pros and cons to what I just said, but for, for the vast majority of people that believe that they're their greatest asset, it's an amazing strategy. And so, no, so it's not just for rich people. Some people might say an initial $10,000 is means you're rich. And then again, then I guess it means for rich people, but like that's, that's what that would be the cutoff. So 80% or more of people that can't fund this properly. Yes. I would not say that infinite banking is for you. I would recommend you buy term insurance and save up money in a savings account. And once that gets saved up into a, you know, you know, six months of emergency, then we could talk about potentially, you know, substituting infinite banking policy instead of your savings. Um, and especially if you have more than that, I think infinite banking should be something that you should look at as a part of your portfolio. Question number four, what type of life insurance do I use for infinite banking? Um, whole life insurance is what um, I would 100% recommend. If you're going to use your policy and borrow against it and as a foundational asset, whole life is the way to go. Um, there are people that are saying, you know, IUL and um, there's pros and cons to IUL versus whole life. And um, the, what I will say is if you're looking at life insurance as a place um, as like a more of an investment, a Roth alternative. IULs have some pros to it. And if designed properly, I think they could potentially outperform whole life. Notice my words, potentially, because I don't know. There's a lot more levers and the IUL is definitely sold as the more sexy vehicle. But as a result, there's a lot more things that could blow up on it. And um, in most cases, you have a lot less cash value early on. And so I would prefer to have more cash value, more control, less levers and variables 
that could um, go right and or, or, or go wrong, especially since life insurance is not an investment. So why would I want to, you know, um, put a lot of things on the table or risk a lot of things for uh, something that's not an investment? That's just my two cents. But technically, if we're going to use the words infinite banking, I think majority of people would agree that if you're going to use infinite banking, you should use whole life. Um, there are people that say IUL is better. I think it is it is a mistake, but I'm, I'm not anti-IUL for everything, and we can have another video breaking that down. How many infinite banking policies can I own? I know someone that owns 39 infinite banking policies. Um, I do not own 39. Um, the Really, what, what limits your ability to own policies on yourself is how much death benefit you have. You're, you're worth so much economically, and so the insurance company doesn't want you to have an incentive that makes you worth more dead than alive. But if you keep under the, your human life value, you can get a ton of small little policies, and it's based off, again, the death benefit is the thing that is really determining how, man, how many policies you can have. But you can have other policies that aren't even on your life. And so there are people that own tons of life insurance policies on kids, business partners, and whatnot, and they just control the cash. You just need some type of insurable interest. But no technical rules to how many policies you can earn. Um, and that's why when someone says, I have multiple policies, they usually start a policy, reverse engineer it for what they can save today. And then as they're making more, they, they open up new policies, and as long as they're not worth more dead than alive, they can do that. Number six, how to take a loan from a life insurance policy. So you essentially borrow against the insurance policy, and there's multiple different ways you could call in. There's some companies that are more advanced. You can take a loan online, but essentially is you put money into a policy. You have the cash surrender value, and you can borrow up to the cash surrender value. And so in the first couple of years, it's less than what you've put in, and then there's break even, and then, then you can borrow against more than what you've put in, and you're not borrowing from, you're borrowing against. And I wonder if, the, yeah, someone's going to ask me about rates. So I'll wait to answer that question. Number seven, can I use a uh, policy to pay off my mortgage? The answer is yes, you can use policy for whatever you want. Um, I would highly discourage that, and I don't think that would be a good use of your money. Even if you could get a cheaper rate, I would not want to give up control and liquidity of my money to put it into something where I could get a mortgage for three, four, five, six percent loan. So I am not a huge proponent of using a life insurance policy or infinite banking to pay off your mortgage. Uh, number eight, do I have to pay taxes when I borrow against my life insurance? The answer is no, you don't have to pay tax or income tax on what's considered a loan. That's one of the powerful things is when you take a loan, it's it's a loan, it's exempt from from paying income tax. And so that's why you can have your cake and eat it too, in a sense, is your money can, your money's in the policy giving you benefits. You also have access to it and you don't have to pay taxes. Number nine, what are the interest rates? Uh, the interest rates that you're earning uh, in the policy are anywhere from two and a half, three percent upwards to, we have policies that earn uh, 5% from a standpoint of internal rate of return. And so um, that's what you can earn. And then when it comes to borrowing against, we're looking at, you know, anywhere from, you know, mid threes to high fives or sixes and anything in between. I'm a fan of using a third party lender. So what the, what does that mean is I could usually get a cheaper access to money um, because I'm using a bank to take a life insurance policy that's pretty much like bulletproof as it relates to collateral. I've got two minutes left. Number 10, how do I design this type of policy? What kind of insurance companies offer this? So if you're going to use whole life insurance, which I would recommend for this, you want to work with a mutual dividend paying life insurance company. There are about 10 out there that you could use. We, we have access to all 10, but we use about five. 
Um, and you got to work with someone that knows how to do that. So obviously I'm biased. You could work with us. There's also many other people out there that um, can set this up and coach you throughout the way. The, the most important thing is you want the policy to be set up properly. This is super, super important. And then you want to work with a team that can coach you and make sure that there's ongoing support because this is kind of an outside of the box way of thinking about money. And you may have questions about like, you know, the following year, I can put this much money into it. Should I? And um, there's so many nuances of this. And so um, you, you, you want to work with a company that is mutual, that, that can allow you to set this up. And then the, the real technical way that you need to design this, because I have a whole minute left to explain this to you, is you want to make the, 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 the base insurance premium as low as possible. And you want to maximize what's called the paid up additions. Um, and different companies have different wordage for this, but, the, but whether you call it um, PUAs or you just want to maximize the cash through other riders, sometimes you have to add what's called a term rider in, into this mix to allow you to get as much cash of value, um, but as little base premium as possible. And any type of way of designing that is going to be good, whether it's a really heavy front load, which we're, we're, we're a big fan, like putting a lot of money up front and then maybe tapering that down uh, throughout the years or just doing a uh, consistent cash flow throughout the time. I got 20 seconds left. Um, we think about money differently here at Better Wealth. This is my 10 rapid fire questions as it relates to infinite banking. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear if you think I answered the questions too fast. Uh, if you want me to have a follow-up video on any one of these um, questions, please let me know. And uh, please subscribe and share this content. We appreciate you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.